are Locked On Louisville, your daily podcast on the Louisville Cardinals. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, everyone? Welcome in to another episode of the Locked On Louisville Podcast. I'm your host, Dalton Pence. As always, I want to say thank you for making Locked On Louisville your first listen of the day. And just a reminder, the podcast is free on all streaming services, five days a week, all Louisville, all the time. Over the weekend on Friday afternoon, the Louisville field hockey team finishes out an impressive 2021 regular season campaign, finishing the regular season 17-2, winning the ACC regular season title outright. We're going to talk about their path toward winning the ACC conference tournament, and then we will discuss an outstanding achievement that needs to be highlighted as well. Transitioning into the football aspect of things, the Cardinals dropped the matchup in Raleigh on Saturday evening, 28-13 to the NC State Wolfpack. We'll give the initial takeaways and reactions from that matchup, and then with it being Monday, we will bring back the Monday mailbag segment and answer a couple questions. So before we get into the content of today's show, like I said, for those who are not aware of who I am, my name is Dalton Pence. I am a credential media member for Cardinal Sports Zone, where I serve as a football beat writer and a recruiting analyst. I also do some various PA announcing work for the university um, in a handful of different sports. You can follow my personal Twitter at dpence underscore and the podcast Twitter pages at LO underscore Louisville. So let's get right on into it. The University of Louisville field hockey team secured the ACC regular season title last weekend uh, Friday with a 2-1 victory over number nine Syracuse on senior day. Uh, the number five nationally ranked Cardinals enter the conference tournament with an automatic buy into the semifinals and will square off with the winner of either 4th-seeded Boston College or 5th-seeded Virginia. That matchup in the semifinals, 1 o'clock Eastern Time on Friday up in Syracuse, which is where the conference tournament is being held. But make no mistake about it, just because the Cards are the top overall seed does not mean this is going to be a cakewalk into you know winning the conference tournament because at the end of the day although the cards went undefeated in conference play you know some of these matchups were pretty close and when you look at the two you know respective teams that the cards might end up playing on Friday the first one Virginia they defeated 1-0 back on September 17th and then Boston College they went up to Boston and beat the Eagles 3 to 2 on the road in overtime so, you know, like I said, there's not much of a difference in terms of separation, you know, from number one to number four and five when it comes to overall talent. Now, yes, I think Louisville is the best team in the ACC, but what I'm telling you is that, you know, this is definitely not going to be an easy situation to, you know, win this conference championship. On the other side of the bracket, Syracuse, who Louisville defeated to win the conference regular season title outright is the second seed um, they will square off with Duke to open up the quarterfinal play and then Wake Forest and North Carolina the 3-6 matchup so this week offers the Louisville field hockey team another opportunity to rack up on some hardware before they get into the NCAA tournament which you know by all means regardless even if they lose on Friday 17 and 3 top 5 in the country at the moment I would be absolutely appalled if they were to somehow miss the tournament but that definitely doesn't seem like it's going to be the case considering that two of those losses in the regular season 
came to the number one and number two teams at this respective time. So overall, this has been the most successful regular season in program history. 17-2, they have played 12 ranked teams. 10 of them being wins, which is absolutely incredible. You know, I keep coming back to this statement that Justine Sowery made in a uh, feature interview that you can find over at cardinalsportszone.com. She said, look, you know, this is something, you know, in terms of scheduling is, you know, happening years and years away. So, you know, you don't necessarily get to pick your schedule for the next year. And, you know, that shouldn't be really a surprise to anyone. College sports, you know, schedules are kind of determined years out. So when Sowery looked at the schedule to begin the season, she was, you know, kind of nervous because although this was a team that was, you know, returning nine of the 11 starters from the Final Four squad a year ago, they lost two big-time contributors in crucial parts of the field in Mercedes Pastor and Meg Schneider. But also, on top of that, we mentioned on this podcast a couple times that the Field Hockey National Tournament is perhaps the toughest national tournament to make in the whole NCAA sports realm. I mean, there are not many teams that make it at all. In fact, Louisville, this senior class uh, this year has you know witnessed a, a season in which they dropped a game that they shouldn't have, and it cost them a berth in the NCAA tournament. And speaking of this year's senior class, with the victory over Syracuse has become the all-time winningest class in program history, now having 59 victories. That tops 58 achieved by the class of 2016. And that just kind of puts everything into perspective because when you look at when Louisville Field Hockey was introduced in the 1970s, you know, it took a while for this program to start consistently seeing success year in, year out. And even when, um, you know, Sowery joined as an assistant coach, this was still a program that was trying to find its footing. They got into the Big East and um, were able to start racking up wins and getting double-digit wins, and then you get to where it's in the ACC, and they're you know ripping off 13, 14, 15, even 16 wins in the um, you know the season as a whole. But right now, I think that that just speaks volumes to where you know Louisville could get another you know, two, three, maybe even four wins this season and push that 59 number to 63. And I just think that you know that's such a all-time historic number for this class that I'm not sure I'm, I'm not going to say it's going to never be reached because this program is definitely on a trajectory that I think is going to rise them up to you know national championship contenders every single year if they're not there already which they you know by the success that they've seen you know, last year and this year it looks like they're there right now. And that's more of a result from the intangibles that this team has. When I talked to the uh, four field hockey players along with Salary for that interview for Cardinal Sports Zone, a couple themes kept resurfacing. I think the first one is just the overall mindset of to be the best, you have to beat the best. And you see that with the schedule that they have this year. I mean, 12 out of the 17 teams that you played this year are ranked. That, that That's absolutely phenomenal. Uh, it's risky, don't get me wrong, but to be able to be that battle-tested and be able to reach the levels of success, and that's another thing that um, this team has is a ton of resiliency. This season is a grind. You know, Sowery talked about, you know, when the season is going on, it requires a lot out of you both physically, mentally, and I guess you could even stretch that to the emotional side of things because it, it takes such a toll on you. And um, you have to be able to stay on your toes and stay focused and stay grounded. 
and you know having a schedule this star-studded I think you know being able to stay resilient not only in matches to where when you face a little adversity and you're able to bounce back with that um, experience in that veteran leadership but also throughout the season in, in staying humble um, staying in the moment and not overlooking any opponent so I think that um, overall this is the best team in program history at least through the regular season and as I mentioned Louisville will return to action in the semifinals of the ACC conference tournament against the winner of the fourth seed of Boston College Eagles and the fifth seed of Virginia Cavaliers. Both teams Louisville has defeated earlier on in the season. Um, that is 1 o'clock on Friday up in Syracuse. Um, I'm not sure what it's going to be in terms of televised or anything like that, so definitely be sure to check out um, GoCards.com or any of the Louisville social media pages. But overall, just absolutely phenomenal work from the Louisville field hockey team which secured the ACC regular season title on Friday afternoon. Moving forward to Saturday evening, Louisville held a 10-7 lead going into the fourth quarter against NC State, ended up dropping that contest 28-13 against the Wolfpack. Let's talk about everything you need to know about what happened in that matchup. First, let's talk about our friends at Price Picks. If you are a college football fanatic, this is the opportunity that you need to pay attention to. It's Daily Fantasy Made Easy. I absolutely love it. It's a leader in college sports daily fantasy, and it offers more college football props than anyone in the world while offering all of the star players of the Power Five as well as mid-majors as well. Prize Picks offers any prop you can think of from yardage to touchdowns, even interceptions thrown. All of those that deposit and use the promo code Locked On will receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. So you basically pick two to five players and an over/under on their projections, and you can win up to 10 times on any entry. And it's literally just you versus the projected numbers. And here's the neat thing about Prize Picks: it allows mixed sports entries, so you can take the over on LeBron James and combine that with the under on Dak Prescott in the same entry. Use the award-winning app on both the App Store and Google Play. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy, and it's safe and offers fast withdrawals. So don't hesitate. Check out prizepicks.com and use the promo code Locked On, or go to your app store and download the app today. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. So we're talking about the 28-13 defeat that Louisville suffered on Saturday evening to the NC State Wolfpack. And I think I first want to start out with the fact that Louisville held a 10-7 lead. NC State outscoring the Cards 21-13. In the past three games... The Cards have struggled in the fourth quarter, and you look at the Virginia matchup blowing a 17-point victory. Uh, the fourth quarter, uh, Boston College was kind of back and forth. The Cards won comfortably 28-14 to after a big-time drive late in the fourth quarter of that one. And then in this respective game, giving up 21 points, only scoring three. Um, you know, let's first begin with the offense. I thought Malik Cunningham struggled throwing the ball all throughout this one. He did have that 76-yard touchdown to Jordan Watkins um, on the second possession for the cards, but overall 11 for 28, uh, one touchdown, one interception, a quarterback rating of 53.1. Uh, just not necessarily a good performance from him in terms of throwing the ball. There were some passes in which I thought he either over or under threw guys or just didn't make the right read. I know there were certain aspects of the Louisville offensive line that didn't necessarily help Malik Cunningham in terms of going through his progressions. 
But one thing cannot be understated, and that is the fact that he is an absolute warrior. Um, he took a lot of hits Saturday evening against the Wolfpack, continued to get up, continued to compete. And that's something that we've seen from him all throughout his career here at Louisville. That's the fact that whenever he gets hit, you know, he might be hurt, but he's always wanting to help his team. He's always going to stay in the game as long as he possibly can. And, you know, he will battle. And that's something that you love in a leader overall. The cards was pretty solid on the ground. Uh, 215 yards for, and that it marks the fourth straight game with over 200 yards on the ground. Um, average just over five yards per carry. But it was the missed opportunities for me that really pushed this game out of reach for the cards. Because when you look at what happened, I guess we can kind of start with the, the first half. I thought that there were instances, look, the first possession, you had um, you know the ball inside the five-yard line, and uh, you missed um, a short field goal. And that is what it is. It's very early in the game. And after that, you know, Louisville answered uh, uh, NC State touchdown with a touchdown of their own. Malik Cunningham then goes on to throw an interception. Um, there's a couple penalties in which there was a back-to-back face mask calls, uh, which is actually crazy. I don't think I've ever seen that um, since I've you know been watching sports. But after that, um, you know, it was you know three punts in a row. Or, I'm sorry, two punts and a um, you know end a half drive. And then you start the second half, you get the field goals to start it out, and then you turn over on downs, punt, another field goal, and then turn over on downs, turn over on downs, and then the end of game. So in the last quarter for NC State, you, you can look at it, touchdown, 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 and then the end of game. So NC State handled business, and ultimately I thought the Louisville defense didn't necessarily do all that bad. I mean, the rushing defense was actually incredible. Um, the leading rusher for the Wolfpack had 23 rushing yards, so and they ran for 44 as a team. So I thought that the Louisville rushing defense that has you know struggled throughout the season, respectively, they were very, very good. But it was the passing attack from NC State that really set this apart. Devin Leary was very solid, 25 for 36, 317 yards, four touchdowns, no interceptions. Quarterback rating of 81.4. 12.7 yards per completion. This was just another example of how dangerous this NC State receiving core is. Emeka Amezi, 5 for 91 and a touchdown. Uh, Trent Penix had 3 for 55 and a touchdown. Devin Carter, 6 foot 3, 4 for 43 and a touchdown. And then you had CJ Rowley for 2 for 21 and a touchdown. They did hold Thayer Thomas in check. The slot receiver only had 3 for 16. But it was very clear that Devin Leary did not care who he was throwing the ball to. Um, he delivered very crisp, accurate passing all evening long. So shout out to him. Uh, you just tip your hat and, and kind of go on with your day. But ultimately, I got to be honest, I thought that the Lowell defense did, for the most part, pretty solid. And you can't necessarily help that outside of that first touchdown early in the you know first half the Louisville offense didn't necessarily do all that much I mean there were drives that were stalled by penalties I mean they had a couple big plays that had to be brought back and you know the field position battle was a true testament to how this game went in the first half there were multiple times in the first two quarters where Louisville started shop inside their own 15 yard line and one of those drives is when there was the back-to-back 
uh, offensive face mask calls. I mean, Marshawn Ford had a a 40-yard catch that got negated by penalties. So ultimately, um, you know, it's those small things that get me for this Louisville team because once again, Louisville outgained their opponent in total yardage. And that's where I get you know, extremely frustrated is because it's not like Louisville isn't doing enough to win because ultimately they outgained the Wolfpack 434 to 361. As I mentioned, uh, 215 to 44 rushing yards. And there's a stat out there. I forget who tweeted it out, and I wish I, I could find it. And I was trying to find it before the show. But basically, it, it said, you know, there's a handful of games to where Louisville has really outgained their opponent, but they've ended up losing. And what that does for me is that shows two things. Number one, the cards are struggling with the little things. Um, that can be penalties, uh, turning the ball over. They had that interception in the first half. Um, you know, that is also not being able to move the ball down the field and winning the uh, field position battle. I feel like NC State started their possessions in better field position than Louisville did almost all night long. And ultimately, it's just not being able to execute. And that's number two is just, be like I said, you know, the first drive of the game. Yes, it is very early. But having the ball inside the five and coming away with zero points, I mean, that has to be highlighted at the end of the day. I mean, there's because when you look at this game in the fourth quarter, I mean, it's 10 to 7. It's anyone's game. And the defense gives up three touchdowns. And I'm not necessarily saying that the defense is not at fault because giving up three touchdowns is definitely the defense's fault. But the offense didn't necessarily give the defense any type of. We discussed it. We look at the drives from the second half. After that field goal, you had the uh, turnover. You had three turnover on downs in the second half from one, two, three, four, five, six total drives in that second half. Three of them were turnover on downs. Two of them were field goals, and the other one was a punt. Now, I, I get it. You know, going forward on fourth down, you love the decision to do it, and sometimes it, it just doesn't work out. It doesn't execute the way you think it does. But when you have three of those, and one of those was at the end of the game when they're already down 28-13. to 13. And I get it. One of those turnover on downs was at the very end when they were down 28 to 13, but ultimately not being able to get in the end zone, you know, hurt the cards in that second half. Um, You know, the yardage shows that, you know, the team definitely had the opportunity to win. They were up 10 to seven going into the fourth quarter. I think it was just the little things. Um, Some positives to take away from this matchup. We'll talk about the later on in the week and some things that definitely need to be worked on. Um, But we'll transition into the mailbag Monday segment of the show. Uh, before we do that, I want to talk about our friends at Built Bar. If you haven't tried a Built Bar by now, you are missing out. They say it's a protein bar, but it simply doesn't taste like one. I mean, you have to try one of these amazing bars for yourself to believe it. Most protein bars are chalky or waxy or just plain hard to choke down, while a Built Bar is soft, covered in 100% real chocolate. And when you bite into it, you know you're eating something different. It's more of an experience, I'd say, one that you'll enjoy. In fact, you'd swear you're eating a candy bar. Uh, Built Bars are low-carb, low-calorie, low-fat, low-sugar, and high in protein. So all the healthy benefits you have on top of just being purely delicious. Another great thing about Built Bar, there are so many mouth-watering flavors. Um, and it's a wide variety. I mean, from coconut to raspberry, mint brownie to coconut almond, salted caramel to double chocolate, cherry barcia, 
The list goes on and check this out. This month, Built is coming out with new limited time flavors every three to four days. So check their website out often. You don't want to miss out. That is Built.com. Use the promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your order. Once again, it's 15% off your order by using the promo code LOCKED15 at Built.com. So we are in the final segment of the show, the Mailbag Monday. Um, There's a couple good questions that I really, really want to answer. And they were asked um, actually right before I got the show um, planned and everything like that, so 30 minutes uh, pre-recording. But ultimately, um, the first one is the one that I was most interested to answer, and that is, what is your main takeaway from the Louisville basketball scrimmage against Kentucky State? And for those who are not aware, um, Louisville squared off with Kentucky State on Friday evening in their first exhibition match. To no one's surprise, the cards breezed their way to an easy victory. The number one takeaway for me was just the overall depth of this roster. And I think that that is, can kind of be cliche, but in you know Max' tenure, it feels like there hasn't been a lot of depth, especially in the front court. And seeing Malik Williams and Jalen Withers play with each other in that Louisville front court uh, made me very excited. And then we got to watch you know, Sidney Curry play. Um, J.J. Trainer was, I think, the 11th man off the bench for the cards. That, I mean, if, if that has any indication on the possible rotation that we could see this season, that, you know, just goes to show that this is going to be a very deep team. And then you have guys like, you know, Roosevelt Wheeler. And Gabe Wisnitzer is still hurt, so we weren't even able to see him. The front court is loaded with depth. Um, I liked what I saw from Matt Cross. Uh, Samuel Williamson had some good moments along with Dre Davis. So you, even though you lose Mike James to that Achilles tear, you still have some good numbers at the wing position, which is arguably the deepest position for the Louisville Cardinals. And then at guard, L. Ellis had some good moments. Jared West shot the ball pretty decently. Uh, Noah Locke, Mason Faulkner, you know, the list goes on. It seems like you know, the cards are comfortable at depth so far. Uh, preseason so and I know that you know the season is very long and you know physically demanding so there are going to be some injuries you know we're still in COVID time so there can be some unexpected um, you know inactives as the season goes on so it's it's very solid to have that depth that's my number one takeaway and I'm looking forward to seeing how the team does in their next exhibition matchup so the next question is with the cards being 4-4, four and four, how are you feeling about the remaining four on the schedule? Well, I'm not necessarily in a different stance than I was. Um, I was hopeful that the cards would look a little better and the score would be a little different than a 15-point loss. But ultimately, at the end of the day, I didn't necessarily have this game as a win. I predicted this game to go in the favor of NC State. So when I looked at the second half of the season, you know, the cards needed to split and NC State and Kentucky were the two teams that I was, you know, not necessarily for sure, but definitely predicting the cards to lose to. So now that they're sitting at four and four, they beat a team they were supposed to in Boston College. They lost to a team that they were an underdog to to NC State. Uh, they have four more games remaining. One at the end of the year to Kentucky. Um, you still have Syracuse. You still have Duke. Clemson is next week. 
And I think if anything, that just makes this matchup next week against the Tigers 7.30 kickoff in Cardinal Stadium that much more important just because you do lose this game to NC State. So you lose another opportunity to get one step closer to bowl eligibility. You have to split the remaining four. Syracuse is playing really well. That could put a lot of pressure on the cards. I still think that Duke is going to be a victory for Louisville. Um, and then Kentucky, I still think is going to be a loss. So this is one of those weeks where you know, one of the wins, in my opinion, is going to come to either Clemson or Syracuse. I think I feel a little bit better about that win coming to Syracuse, but Clemson continually showing me every week that they are not the team of the past, you know, four to five years. They beat Florida State thirty to twenty, I believe, was the score. They they won by ten. Uh, on the road at Florida State, and you know if you remember that matchup with the Seminoles, Louisville was winning big in that first half, and then ultimately started to lose the lead in the second half. But definitely the better team in that situation. So I think that this matchup against Florida State becomes that much more important because you lose an opportunity to get closer to bowl eligibility. I don't I don't necessarily think that it, it switches my stance on anything. It just makes the need to win two of these next four games that much more critical so and then the last question is do you think the cards will end up top four in the ACC in basketball this year and I'm glad that this was a question because I'm definitely going to do a segment on it as we inch our way closer to basketball um, the cards will open up the season against Southern next Tuesday at the KFC Yum Center so we are that much closer to college basketball and it seems like it just came out of nowhere it's crazy that that is the first of November still can't get over that but ultimately do I think the cards will end up as a top four team in the ACC I'm going to go with yes Um, the other teams being Duke North Carolina in Florida State. I think ultimately Duke is reloading. They have a handful of highly touted freshmen, one of them being Paulo Benchero, which in my opinion is going to be the number one pick in the next NBA draft. Not only that, but they have some guys returning as well. Mark Williams, um, you know, Kerwin Roach, etc. So there are some you know key pieces coming back, also being able to bring much needed talent and depth in. So Duke is in that top four. North Carolina as well, they're bringing in some transfers and and some top freshmen. One of the transfers being Oklahoma sharpshooter Brady Manick. Um, I think that the Tar Heels are going to have a bounce back season as well. Florida State losing a lot, but they are bringing in some notable pieces. Houston transfer uh, Caleb Mills, top 30 player Jalen Worley. They have a handful of guys that are are going to see some big jumps in their respective draft stock. And not to mention Leonard Hamilton is one of the best coaches in getting the most out of his players in his system. So that's kind of a rough breakdown of the top four. I think Virginia has lost too much at this point for me to comfortably put them in that top four group. Virginia Tech has lost a lot as well, although they bring back Kevin Aluma. And then you have some other teams that are on the outside looking in. But um, we talked about the University of Louisville field hockey team winning the ACC regular season title and what this week has in store for the cards in the conference tournament. We discussed Louisville's 28-13 loss to NC State and some initial takeaways and reactions. And we conducted the weekly Mailbag Monday segment. Tomorrow um, will be more of the same. Uh, we'll you know continue discussing and dissecting the Louisville loss to NC State will talk about the Louisville Volleyball team's best start in program history, going 21-0 with the win over Duke on Halloween. 
and um, some more good stuff along the way. Before we get out of here, a couple quick shots. First to the Cardinal Sports Zone podcast. You can find that cardinalsportszone.com. The crew just released an episode last night uh, recapping the loss, previewing Clemson, and everything good in between. Check that out at cardinalsportszone.com. And then there's the Locked on ACC podcast hosted by Candace Cooper. Um, you can get that on the Odyssey app or wherever you like to get your podcast. Just a great way to get an overall grasp on the state of the conference as a whole. And as we get closer to basketball season, learn about some other teams in the conference. Uh, but that's going to wrap up this Monday edition of the show. Everyone have a great start to your week, and we'll see you right back here tomorrow.